log, star date 7403.6. pretending to do a captain's log? I saw that, but I don't believe it. A Vendorian doctor. A uh, shapeshifter? Ah, Look, I can set you up with somebody great on the Cerritos. There's that Felosian and Tactical. She seems like a nice plant person. Intelligent plants? Orion's little game of neutrality and piracy is over. For your information, many Orions haven't been pirates for over five years. Time to take this puppy off its leash. Warp me. Hello, interwebs, and welcome to Drawn to Trek, the title of the podcast that I can actually say in one cohesive sentence instead of garbling it <laughs> um, But it is me. That is an achievement. I know. We did it. We actually we did <laughs> the episode title. Well, I did the episode title normally, and then we immediately ruined it by talking about the fact that we did it normally. <laughs> it's like, it's, we just get, we're professionals. We're professionals. But yep. speaking of professionals, my name is Jesse Earl, otherwise known as Jesse gender and i'm here with the wonderful aaron harvey hello uh and we are here to talk about the uh second to last the penultimate episode of the penultimate yeah, it's a big, it's a word that's a word i learned from a series of, of unfortunate events the lemony snicket books is, that's oh. where i learned it because the second to last book was called the penultimate peril um and that's just oh i that's how i ah. always remember that word anywho i don't remember where i learned it i think it's something to do with like astronomy is where i learned it i don't there's know why just, i think we all have this or like or maybe it's just me and i'm weird but like i feel like there's always like <laughs> specific words like i don't remember how i know most of the words that i know but like there are just some specific mm-hmm. words like oh i remember learning that word and penultimate's just one of them yeah so anywho uh regardless we're here <laughs> on track as always on track uh for the penultimate etymology today <laughs> exactly uh the penultimate episode of star trek lower deck season two I'm presuming we pronounce it Weege Dooge because uh, it's technically in Klingon, but we, we get emails from Paramount with the episode. It's called Weege Dooge in the it, like in English in the in the release. But but the actual right. episode titles in Klingon. So I don't I don't know. It's like, I guess I got to be more. Guttural. And on the, the screener app, it is actually three. Ships. Oh, is it? Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. Not making it clear at so, all. There's like three <laughs> titles. I, I think you just have to do a gutter. It's like, <laughs> uh, so yeah, so I think your bases are covered if you like kind of say it that way. So uh, yeah, so we're going to be talking about this episode. But first off, how are you? I, I haven't gotten to see how you're doing. Oh, How's life? I, I'm doing good. Uh, it's been a busy week. We have a bunch of projects um, and it's uh, it's like constant emails and, and things like that where I sometimes shut down and you're like, oh wait, like why don't I see an email in front of my? <laughs> yeah. They're very organized, which I it's it's a really different change from a lot of uh, if you're a freelancer. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you you get a multitude of people, and a lot of them are just you know you have to be the one who's in, uh, on top of everything. This is the reverse, and it's almost like working back in a you know like a big corporation. Oh fun! Um, it's like I thought so, I got out of this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, it, you know, it's good on the wallet. The sanity, not maybe not as much, but it, it it'll be uh, lessening here in like in about a week. So that's good. But yeah, no, other, I mean it's it's good to be busy. Yeah, and uh, been enjoying you know um, watching some Star Trek. I I did an unboxing video on my channel, which I don't normally do anything oh, on my channel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I found a 2009 uh, Hot Wheels exclusive from Comic-Con. I've never heard of this. And it's the Enterprise and Dry Dock. From Hot Wheels? So this is basically you open it up. Oh, shoot. 
the dry dock becomes is it this noise that you're hearing you can't see on the in the audio uh <laughs> becomes like a stand oh that's so cool that's a that's really actually cool i it, it's kind of like a little cave thing that's open up but yeah yeah and it's got stickers that makes it look like it's under construction um yeah. and it's pretty oh, cool that's, that's and, actually pretty dang cool dang I had never seen it before, and it, I love it. Just displaying it with like the it closed up because it looks like it's in space dock. Yeah, I love that. That's a cool little. Yeah. Uh, so express. I did a little unboxing. So if you go over to Geek Filter on YouTube, you can <laughs> see at, that. Look, look at you learning how to promote yourself. I'm proud of you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, I've been I've been having a weird uh, week too in terms of work stuff. Uh, I've been, I mean I'm doing like a bunch of stuff on my own channel, but then I'm also just been having a lot of anxiety because um, I'm writing this script right now about uh for, for those of you who don't know there was a big discourse last week uh about uh star trek lower decks and the uh the oh. the orgy scene in in that episode that everyone just which i didn't it didn't track at all to me i don't know what if i've lived in los angeles for just that no long. it's it's i mean I'll, i'm writing about it in this video but it's like it's 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 a lot of people like number one just using it as an excuse to like oh modern star trek has really ruined everything yeah. they've ruined gene's vision even though gene would have loved orgies in star trek uh in fact well, phase two would have been uh crazy if they had let them because it, mm -hmm. they wanted people just it wouldn't be unusual just to see two people having sex in the in the the uh rec room i'm like mm -hmm. uh okay yep uh <laughs> anywho so that's yes. fun uh but yeah so uh but anyways like and then also just like the most of those people i mean not not all of them there are some that aren't and i don't want to paint with a hugely broad brush but i mean america is a fairly like sex rep repressed society and so it's always yeah. very much like oh glass clutching my pearls and <laughs> Yeah, and, and usually conservative people, too, tend to be very, you know, gender essentialist and also like, oh, right. a guy like Boimler getting sexy. It's a whole thing. Um, oh, so again, again, I'm not not painting all of them like that, but I, I, no, no. a decent chunk of them, especially ones that are most vocal. I tend to find them to be that way. Uh, regardless, anyways, what I, what that yes. has caused me to do is uh, write a like a really researched video on horniness in Star Trek. So it's causing me anxiety because I'm like, I don't know, I'm just having a weird uh, writer's block today where it's like, oh, I want to write this. And I just like cannot get it down. It's just like, um, so so it's, it's just it's a whole long history. It'll be an interesting video to get into. Get into. I think people will like it. Um, yeah. But it's, it's, just, uh, it's, it's much longer than you would think it would be for, for such a topic. Um, well, no, there's there's I, I can imagine there's like quite a bit of I mean sex and television is is interwoven all through mm -hmm. the decades and everything changes so yeah mm -hmm. i can totally see that i'm excited to hear it to, to watch it i think it'll be yeah i think it'll be fun it's just sort of like of all the things to complain about in star trek sex is one that <laughs> i find particularly funny <laughs> yeah definitely um so yeah so that's that's it that's basically what i've been doing so yeah cool. life's good but busy and anxiety yep. is a thing <laughs> <laughs> So, yes just like unfortunately nuance. anxiety and nuance are things um <laughs> but anyways uh let's actually talk about the episode because i doubt people yes. don't care about care about listening to us <laughs> um so weege dooge uh so basically I, i'm going to give initial reactions to it i know we had slightly mm -hmm. different reactions for me personally and then and i know you're not hating on it but for me personally no, no, no. watching this episode and mine has changed since the last time we had talked oh fair so. cool then I'm, I'm excited to hear your thoughts too since then um but I don't want to paint you in the negative light because you, you liked no. it. Um, but for me personally, I loved this episode. I I came away first from watching it. In fact, I, I what I usually do when I get these videos is I watch the episode and then immediately film my own personal uh, video uh, review. Mm -hmm. And for my review, I talked for so long 
and had so many notes about the episode that my camera literally shut off for the last five <laughs> minutes because it can only record for so long and I hadn't noticed. I, normally I'm pretty good wow. about being aware of that, but I was just ranting um, and my camera shut off. And so if when you watch the review on my channel, when it goes up, uh, the last five minutes will have no video <laughs> in it because I'm like, I was so excited. I'm not going to re-review this because I want to keep that same yeah. energy. Uh, but I, I just really love this episode. I think it's, I think it's a really strong, dense episode. I don't think for me, I think this one said a lot about different cultures, uh, did something new and crazy, not only within Star Trek, but within lower decks itself to like break out the concept felt incredibly dense and managed to give us really strong arcs, not only for our main characters, even in sideways, even in small ways, like subtle arcs, but tell stories of two whole other crews and characters and made them feel complete and earned and um, thoughtful uh, while also being funny as all hell uh, while also commenting on the show as a whole and also touching upon other themes both I think some intentional by the way some not that I just resonated with um, that I, I just for me I think this episode is uh, phenomenal just absolutely phenomenal in my opinion yeah no I the first time I saw it I think that Speaking of anxiety and stress, <laughs> like that, if you're, it really can color how you review something. Mm -hmm. And part of it was that the creator, Mike McMahon, was kind of talking up uh, this episode <laughs> to the point of like, oh my God, what is it going to be? The and next it was coming like, of Jesus. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, I'm waiting for, I don't know what I was waiting for. And then it was just like, oh, it's an episode. <laughs> it's like, of course it is. Um, so no, but it. <coughs> oh no, don't die. Wow, I'm. I'm so excited. <laughs> what I really liked is that it was it made the Star Trek universe seem larger. It wasn't like, okay, there's five mm -hmm. people on the ship. There's a joke from Mystery Science Theater where Mike was playing um, Captain Janeway. And he's like, I'm responsible for the lives of 148 crew members aboard this ship, 144 of which we never see. <laughs> so, you know, this, this broadened that. It made you care about these other people even though they are kind of like echoes of our own character cast mm -hmm. members, you know, uh, you have a story of mother daughter in there and mm -hmm. that actually feels larger. You've got the story of the, um, kind of cultural appropriation of, of Hawaii. Um, mm -hmm. there, there's just, a, like you said, it's super dense. There's just a lot of stuff in there. Cause when I went back to think about these, I kept having to check, like, was this last week? Am I mushing two episodes together? No, I'm not. So, and the Vulcan ship. I love the Vulcan ship. <laughs> yes. No, it looks great. It's not for me. It's not the Vulcan ship didn't look as cool as the, oh, uh, right. the fantasy yeah. ship from two weeks ago, but I still love that. They look so great. Um, but, uh, but no, I, I totally hear you. Like we say every week that like lower deck, or at least I do like lower decks is feels like a whole hour long episode condensed into 30 minutes. This yeah, feels like a weirdly really like a does. two parter episode, like two, two, uh, mm -hmm. two, two hour episodes condensed into 30 minutes. And I really don't know how they did it because like every, every scene I can talk about for, for longer than it the scene. Like we were on the is. Vulcan ship for like 45 minutes. Not in a bad way, but I mean, like in a like a fulfilled way. Yeah, like I feel like I got those all the characters. Like I got little hints of every single character on that ship, their dynamics with each other, and I got a full arc with the main character. And as you say, like the fact that they're echoes. What what I thought was smart, in my opinion, is the fact that they are echoes of our characters, like the Klingon guy mm -hmm. being kind of a pseudo Boimler, yeah, and uh, the Vulcan girl being kind of a pseudo uh, Mariner. That what that and they even like coded them that way where like the vulcan girl she's i forget her name her to right uh, to yes 
Yeah, to Len. Uh, like she says things like, oh, I want to be like, maybe I could be your Chidi. She gives a literal yeah. sarcastic, like Vulcan Focus salute in a very subtle, <laughs> very subtle, very subtle way. But it's still like hinting at that, that it's like it's not overtly beating over the head like, hey, she's Mariner. But it's <laughs> it's just like little bits that like trigger your brain into being like, oh, that's similar to what Mariner did. And what that allows them to do is like, oh, you don't have to spend a lot of time characterizing these characters, like getting uh, you. They do characterize them as individuals, like through their own dynamics, yeah. but they don't have to show us what their arc is because we immediately get what their arc is. And so it allows us to invest mm-hmm. in the specifics of the situation right. rather than like the the like spending a lot of time dealing with the like plotting out the arc. It, it's it's um, smartly used shorthand. Exactly, exactly. And so I just thought that that was just a really, really good job on all that fronts. And also, as you said, like, I think it like shows us like these cool looks of these cultures because, well, I'm sure we've definitely gotten more prolonged looks of Klingon culture and Vulcan culture. They've always been, for the most part, at least to my memory, have always been with a Starfleet person there, typically a human character there. Mm -hmm. And this is the first time or close to the first time where we just gotten uh, like full segments with just these in- alien cultures interacting within each other. And I Have we that's really spent cool. any time on a Vulcan ship at all? Like ever? <sighs> I'm trying to remember if there's, we see like them on the view screen, but. The only time that I could even think it might have been the case would be like, I can think of like one-off scenes like Discovery had that like little bit with Sarek on at the beginning of that one episode oh, right. um, since season one, but that was like that very That was a shuttlecraft brief. though, right? Yeah, it was a shuttlecraft. And then we, I think we do see insides of some Vulcan ships on Enterprise. Like there's the one episode where they, they meet the emotional Vulcans mm-hmm. that I know oh, that all goes over to their ship, yeah. ship too. But but even then, those are eight, quote unquote, atypical Vulcans yeah. um, within even that This franchise. was very interesting so to see that, the structure yeah. the of their society on the ship. Mm-hmm. And like how very <laughs> kind of weirdly oppressive it is. I mean, it makes sense for the Vulcans. Like it doesn't feel out of character at all, but it is, it is sort of like, ooh. Yeah, yeah, I love when um, it's like this is further in the episode, but it's like you know everyone has noticed that you're not yourself. It's like, <laughs> and a very Mariner sort of response. I have hoped they also have noticed that how unconcerned I am about their assessment. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. And just the, and the whole the dialogue is great. Yeah, and throughout the whole thing of her just like saying something very le- level headed and, and even toned, it's like outbursts like that will not be tolerated. <laughs> it's just like she's not <laughs> yeah. screaming or anything. It's just and it's it's la- dropped out, dropped dead. Drop down? No, it's it's drop it's, out, drop loud, drop, very, drop. It's it's drop, drop on the like floor, roll on the floor, laughing. No, like, <laughs> so yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. No, I the other thing too, and, and I know that this. I mean, I'm sure it might have been brought up in the writers' room or something like this, but I don't think this was the intention, intentional goal of the episode or mm-hmm. or of the the writing. But I did resonate with the fact like that whole Vulcan storyline is based around like. Uh, a crew telling a woman character that she's being too emotional. Oh, and I, that's true. Yeah, and I just, and I think that that's. I, I again, I don't, I don't know if that's like the overt uh, mm. intention. I don't. Maybe, probably not. But I do think there's an element of like this is a whole story about a woman being told that she's being too emotional yeah. when she's just trying to express her ideas. And I think that that's really kind of resonant today thematically in many different ways. Yeah. So. So, yeah, we should probably dive into the actual <laughs> episodes that are talking about generalities. Uh, so let's go. I'll, we'll go through that'll probably probably be best to like sort of segment off into the different stories as we usually do. And then we'll, when they come back together, we'll yeah. sort of talk about them together. Okay. Um, 
But uh, we start off the episode. I want to just stick with Boimler's stuff because he's sort of the most ancillary okay. uh, to, to the main plot because his sort of like stuff happens underneath. Right. But Boimler is uh, with the lower decks uh, gang down in the bar, uh, hanging out. And Mariner's got a very taste. Like I'm looking at the episode right now, she's got a very tasty plate of nachos. It looks like. <laughs> yeah, I think um, they both did. Did also Tendi. I can't remember if she did. Tendi has like a soup or some oh, sort. Okay. I'm like literally no, it's like a ramen or something. They just very good food. They Why got very good food. Episode. Yeah, right. Needs the pesto. Uh, but it turns out the entire gang is um, is working is basically they all get a day of R&R off after everything that's been going on. Uh, and so all of the lower deckers are sort of pairing up with their sort of upper decker equivalents or friends or something like right. that. And Boimler's bridge buddy. Been... <laughs> exactly. And Boimler has been left out and Boimler's like, oh, the, but uh, like time with the, uh, you know, upper decker crew member gets you a chance of promotion, that sort of thing. Uh, sort of seeing it more as like a, you know, career opportunity than an actual friendship mm-hmm. opportunity, which again, kind of makes sense for his character quite a bit. Like it's still, again, it's a, it's a thing where it's like, you still see his flaws like the past few episodes have really been showing like he's become a leader on his own and yet he's still a flawed guy i mean not that it's i get it like hanging out with your boss can be good at your for career right. yeah, i get it but it's like it's something that you like it's not exactly like po- like positively thought about you know i was like i'm gonna think of this machiavellian sort of thing or you know what i'm trying <laughs> yeah. to say uh just well, and also you know they have so few days off i'm assuming that like spending mm-hmm. that also advancing your career like just Take a break. Just enjoy yourself, dude. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it, so it fits him in that, like, he's yeah. still kind of a little bit uptight or a little bit too career focused, mm-hmm. uh, even though he has shown a lot of growth. But compared season. to season one, I feel like he is like a thousand times more relaxed in this scene. Like, I don't know what would have oh, happened yeah. if this slow warp had happened in, you know, like episode oh, two. Yeah. Like he probably would have. Yeah, just exactly. Bonkers. He was freaking out. Yeah. And yeah. just like, I need to do no, no buffer time. Yeah, ah! yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. Yep. Exactly. Um, so, yeah. So it's 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 a cool little setup. Um, and so he gets upset and so starts trying to look for a uh, upper decker crew member buddy to hang out with. Uh, and so he goes around to like kind of join in with what, what everyone else is doing. Um, and the first one he joins is he tries to go and join um, Rutherford and Shax in pottery okay, class. first. Okay, Sean. Oh, that's right. That's right. I forgot a very short one. Uh, <laughs> very funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, very good. Yeah, he goes up to Kayshawn uh, in, in the bar and says, hey, do you want to hang out? And it starts to go well, but then he says, what, what is he? Do you remember the line? Uh, basically, he uh, it's he's like, oh, I studied some uh, Temerian at, at the Academy. And so Kayshawn says something, which I don't remember, unfortunately. So, yeah, I forget the exact word. Yeah, and yeah. he responds back, and, and <laughs> the response from Kayshawn is... Look, it's hard to lose weight when you can replicate anything you want. And then he just gets up and walks away. I mean, that's fair. Yeah. So I feel like, though, this is me being like, Gene Rundle's yeah, yeah, vision right. sort of thing. It's like, I feel like it, we'd be back past the body positivity bit. But again, I think that that's probably a cultural thing and also Boimler being what he said. You know what well, I mean? I think you can, so. if you want to lose weight for yourself, that's fine. Yeah. Also, exactly. the fact that this really shouldn't happen because they had the idea that replicated food, you can make it so it tastes fantastic or whatever, and it will not have any kind of detrimental calories or fat or whatever, but it, that seems to have kind of I fallen wish, by the wayside after TNG. I wish, I wish, I wish we had that. Yes. I wish we had that. <laughs> but it's just it's just like Cisco says, you got to just cook it for real. No, none of this replicated crap. You know? Did you notice that Kayshawn has on his thumbs, like, two, like, they look like suction cups almost. No, I didn't notice Did that at all. Tamarians have 
Batwoman? Oh, yeah, that is, yeah. Huh. I don't remember that. I'd have to go back I and never, look at the original. I have to, I never look at that, too. Maybe either that's that's weird. I just noticed that, too, as because I, <laughs> I have the episode up in yeah. front of me, and that's interesting. Um, and I like his, anyways, like, weird so that, green drink. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's like, I don't know what's going on there. Is it calorie-full? <laughs> is it filled with calories? Yeah. Um, but anyways, so yes. that bit is good. Uh, yeah. But my favorite bit is the next one where he goes, yes. like I said before, he mates with Shax and Rutherford, <laughs> and they're doing pottery, and they're just like, mold your anger into the clay, mold it into the clay. Uh, and it's like, oh, yeah, I mean, we've probably got a lot to work out because of Bajor. Uh, <laughs> and, of course, we all know that Bajor was, uh, put it mildly, a hellscape uh, So for a little while under the Cardassians. And so clearly Shax has got a lot of trauma <laughs> and starts freaking out, and do he has my favorite anything line. to do besides resist? <laughs> Yes, my 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 favorite line though is fighting fascism is a full time job, which is like yes, put that like tattoo that on my body, please. Could be Jax. a t shirt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I want that as a t shirt. It'd be uh, like go climb a tree and fighting fascism yeah. is a full time job. <laughs> it reminds me of uh, just like the rascals when she was talking about how like you know I didn't have a chance to be a kid. What are you talking about? You know. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, it is. That is true. Oh, rascals! What an episode. Uh, <laughs> And then people say Star Trek is hard science. I'm sorry. <laughs> and people Star say TAS is unbelievable. So it's like, uh-huh. Uh, uh, honestly, I'd rather, I, I believe, I believe giant clone Spock before I believe uh, de-aging kid stuff that mm, doesn't kill them. That's true. I honestly, I feel like it's just like, hey, you made them bigger and you cloned them. We can do those yeah. things. Whereas like de-aging via <laughs> magical teleporters, I feel like is even less sciencey. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so I'm just, I'm, I'm just saying, I'm just saying one slightly more. They're both unbelievable. One slightly more yeah. believable to me. Uh, anywho, yeah. Uh, so that's that's a great little scene. It I really so enjoyed good. that. And he's just, and uh, Rutherford tells him like, run. And he's like, I'm not kidding. <laughs> he's like, takes off. Into the clay, into the clay. <laughs> it was so good. It was so great. It was very fun. Uh, so that, uh, so then Boimler is going around uh, even more, and he goes on the holodeck where he sees Taana and uh, Doctor Taana and Tendi climbing the rock-like face, free soloing it like in Star Trek V, mm -hmm. the Final Frontier. Which I was just guessed. I just actually rewatched that last week because I was guessing on a podcast talking about that, and that scene is just like, oh my gosh, uh, why? I'm so, my, the one thing I'm upset about. Is yeah. that they didn't get they somehow did not get a reference into why is Captain Kirk climbing the mountain yeah. into, into that. I would have loved that. Why is he climbing the mountain? To make love to the mountain. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you who don't know, there's a there's a behind the scenes interview with William Shatner because he directed Star Trek V and they asked him like, why is Captain Kirk climbing the mountain? And he goes on this whole thing about like Captain Kirk wants to make love to the mountain. Because of course he does. Yeah, and someone took it and made it into like a, the Hobbits are going to Isengard esque like remix sort of mm -hmm. thing. Uh, that was that was a lot of fun. That I if you haven't seen it, go go check it out because it's hilarious. Um, but that whole bit is great. Boyd yeah. was even wearing the shirt that Kirk wears mm -hmm. in that movie with a go climb a tree. Go climb a rock. Um, and he, yeah, and I was I'm, I'm inter I didn't want to let you if you have anything to say about this. Oh no, I just I, I love when the the boots fail and he falls mm -hmm. and and Tendi's like, well, at least the safeties are uh, safety protocols are on, aren't? Aren't they? And Doctor Tiana's like, yeah, sure, whatever. <laughs> like, yeah, no, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so Boimler, Boimler's uh, upset about that that he couldn't get to work, make that work out. Nope. So eventually he goes to uh, into a, the next holodeck <laughs> where he runs into Mariner and uh, Captain Freeman playing. playing Yes, Velocity. I can never remember the name of the game. It's the game that Janeway... I can always remember the scene. Uh -huh. Like, Janeway and Seven of Nine played it, but I can never... Don't they also... They played it in Next Gen, too, correct? Or is it um, Deep Space Nine? 
It, I think maybe I know they play it one more time. I don't think they paid played it in TNG. Yeah, they TNG. They just had like the weird like, uh, like shooting gallery yeah. thing that Riker and, and Picard and, yeah, and yeah. Guinan were in at one point, and Guinan apparently. Oh yeah, Guinan. Yeah, like, it's, it's like that ball or whatever that's floating. That's going. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's in that weird like dark space. It was mm-hmm. very creepy. It was actually very <laughs> creepy if I, if I remember. It's probably like, hey, we um, don't have to like uh paint anything or do just make it a dark space and we can save on money. Yeah, yeah, it's like, yeah, it's the holodeck, sure. Yeah, fine. Uh, it's a weird, like, eldritch horror demon place where they do target practice. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm totally going to think about that now every time. Just like, yeah, every time you watch it, they're just, they're just in the void between galaxies where demons are born. Wow. Uh, that's where they're, <laughs> where they're they're shooting targets. Um, anyway. <laughs> Uh, so that that's really what I like about this scene in particular is like while most of it is just like a joke for Boimler to be like I'm getting in on this way too personal conversation between these two and the door won't open uh, it's like let me out let me out let yeah. me out <laughs> yeah he's just doing it and so it's like a good little gag but in the background you're you're hearing stuff between mm-hmm. Mariner and and Captain Freeman about like what their relationships like what's going on with them you're sort of like because we haven't really had much interaction we had a little bit of interaction last episode um that sort of pushed for their relationship we hadn't like had a big chance for the two of them to sort of reconcile to move together since episode 1 mm-hmm. um and so i i really kind of like the seating in the background of this um of this element that's part of Boimler's story, but you still get to see some of it like growth from Mariner within Boimler's yeah. story here. Yep. So I, I thought that that was great. Again, dense episode. Um, and if you watch from... it at twice normal speed, uh, you can't understand anything they say because they talk so fast. <laughs> it's very funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and then Boimler's upset. And so he goes on to the, um, the turbo lift and runs into ransom, a, uh, another human, apparently human, uh, girl. And also a, um, Oh, the respirator people. Why am I blanking on? I know. Benzite. Uh, Benzite. I knew it was a B. We did it. We did it. Uh, so human girl (laughs) and a Benzite and Captain Ransom and, uh, get into a turbo lift. Exactly. (laughs) So, um, and they're all talking about being from Hawaii and how they're like all going to hang out and do Hawaii things, um, Hawaiian things. And Boimler starts to pretend that like, oh yeah, I'm also from the islands, you know, Hey, I'm uh, totally cool. And so, uh, basically he gets all wrapped up in that and in sort of like lying, just sort of smooths up to ransom. He has a, a plantation with like, uh, coffee and and pineapples or something and wow he just yeah just really going for it he just he goes full bore out for it and i Mm love it uh and also surprisingly like not that like there's been a few interactions between boimler and ransom this these past episodes which is like not he's not the character i would have immediately placed boimler with but it makes sense Mm -hmm. it makes a lot of sense and i've been liking their kind of like wesley and Riker in a way yeah it's like not an immediate like pairing but mm-hmm. one that i enjoyed quite a bit um anywho so that's going on and boimler's starting to feel bad about this so we get to see him and this by the way i should say that all this stuff is interspersed throughout the episode right um boimler is uh goes down to hang out with the lower deckers again and say like hey you know this is going on uh and there's and rutherford makes this good point or it's rutherford i think he's like well do you want to uh be true to yourself or do you want to try and advance your career and it's clearly like leaning towards like yeah you're right i shouldn't i shouldn't you know lie about this but then it immediately cuts yes to him being in the in the holodeck kind of similar to uh neelix's holodeck program in yep. voyager 
um, and uh, basically just lying to get ahead, lying mm-hmm. to get ahead. Um, I knew that cut was coming too. Which is like exactly. Oh yeah, it's it's very telegraphed, but it's, but you it's love very it. Funny. Still, it's like yeah. yeah, it's a it's a it's. A, I mean, it's one of those like all those types of cuts. I've seen we've seen it a million times where it's just like yeah, and then it's hard cuts yeah. to the exact opposite of what you're supposed to expect. We've seen and it my roommate who loves Tiki literally has the the shirt that the Venzite is wearing. It is so weird. I just glance at him like, oh wait, I recognize that shirt. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. That's absolutely great. Um. So anyways, so he's smoozing around trying to like pretend he's from the islands and uh, other stuff in the episode starts happening where like his ship is getting attacked. We'll talk about that in a second. Mm-hmm. But um, but also so Boimler starts running out uh, with the rest of the, uh, the <laughs> like other three, quote unquote, Hawaiians. Yeah. And they trying to run up to the bridge. Um, also, I should mention, since we're talking about this right here, like everyone running around the ship, like there's people like in Ren Fair costumes and like like the workout outfits, yes. I believe, from from TNG that and like Bujitsu. Uh, there's somebody dressed up like uh, Peter Pan. I just noticed that. Oh my god! It's like just two yeah. frames, or I'm like, oh wow, okay. The the trail girl is in a um is in like a skiing outfit, <laughs> yeah. like a winter outfit with that earmuffs and everything. Yeah. Yep. Very pink. Uh, yeah. Very very very. It cute, looks very cute. Say, yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah. yeah. Um. But anywho, uh, so they get trapped, uh, the, the, the sort of Hawaiian crew, I should say, quote unquote Hawaiian crew. And turns out that Boimler admits that he's like, he was lying for attention. And turns out they were all lying for attention <laughs> to get on Ransom's good side. And even Ransom was lying about being Hawaiian because he had said that he was Hawaiian to smooth up to another commander previously mm-hmm. when he was younger. And so it just had to keep the ruse going. Uh, and it's very hysterical. But then as they're going through, and Ransom has this really wonderful line that I think is like part Partially the lesson for Boimler, like actually the lesson Boimler's supposed to yeah. learn here. Where he's like, I didn't really want to do this just to like be Hawaiian. I wanted to do it because I wanted to like get to know you. I want like you for you and who you are. Right. Um, which I thought was very sweet, very uh like lower Dexian Star Trek sort of thing. <laughs> uh, but then it gets immediately subverted where we all learn that all of them are from except for Boimler are from moons. It's like, oh yeah, it's a moon. And then um <laughs> <laughs> and then Boimler says, "Like, where is where is he from? Modesto. Like, I'm from Can- Modesto. Is Modesto is kind of like the moon of Earth. <laughs> it's like, he's like you would hey, understand you know how deeply insensitive that was if you were from a moon. <laughs> it's like you you were culturally appropriating Hawaiian culture. That's <laughs> yeah. like even worse. Yeah, and then it yeah, cuts, that's great. So the ship guy and it gets hit at that point or something." Yeah, it's absolutely wonderful. I I deeply enjoy that. It's, I like it being like a good joke, but also a meta commentary on like Star Trek's quite often cultural appropriation. Yeah. Um, like quite often, like even just saying like we did the tiki thing, and also mm-hmm. like Native American culture, uh, it was a terrible issue in Voyager as well for sticking on that front. So yeah, it's been a problem in mm-hmm. in Star Trek. Let's just say. Uh, so I like that as sort of like a meta commentary on that. Um. And so that's so that's the most part of that Boimler's arc. Like he gets a nice little scene at the end where he's like kind of learned his lesson and, and gets to just like connect with the crew and everything. Um, but uh, but yeah, so that's that's sort of that bit. But then okay, so now we got to rewind everything <laughs> and go back back to the beginning because Boimler makes a reference way back at the opening of the episode. It's like oh, at least it's not like a Klingon crew or something like that. Yeah. Um, and then we immediately cut over, and this is where we get to the real cool part of the episode. The really dense uh breaking away from the major format of the episode because we cut over to a klingon ship even graphically the... it changes which is cool the titles yeah. like get, become the old um the original tos font but it's like huge on the screen it's very cool mm-hmm. i love it i, I yeah. love the like white text it's very 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 cool mm-hmm. um and we get um 
Klingon bird of prey, And we get the lower decks on mm-hmm. that ship. Uh, and we meet a bunch of crew members here, and it's a similar setup. Like they're in, they're in <laughs> like, clearly like hammocks meant to look like the like lower decks, like rungs that we see yeah. on on the Cerritos. Uh, the crew are kind of doing some certain things, like in, like cleaning their teeth. We even see a towel guy cling on. Yeah, we got a towel guy. Yep. Uh, considering that there was like also towel guys on the lower decks crew. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's just it's it's clearly in. I feel like that this lower decks is more realistic for Klingons than the lower decks that the humans have. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. I mean, it makes a ton of sense to be all sleeping in yeah. hammocks and crap. Yeah, like yep. it, then like sleeping in a hallway for the lower deck. I mean, I get why they do it on lower decks because right. it's sort of like it's a way for them all to congregate together. You can put um, them in a room. It doesn't have to be a hallway. <laughs> it can have like a dormitory kind of thing. Yeah, I guess it, it fits the like military feel of it. But yeah, yeah. I, hear, I hear what you're saying. Um, so I would, as someone on the like autism spectrum, that like warp field would like draw drive me crazy trying to sleep. Like with the warp field view screen right back there, I'll be staring mm-hmm. at it all all day long. Um, but anyways, um, anywho, uh, yeah. So we meet the crew, and again, this is like where we get like little things. Like the crew just has a similar dynamic. They're like making fun of Boim- the Boimler's character. It's his name is Oct. I believe is how we say his name. I believe the main sort of guy Klingon that we follow in this episode. That was what, um, what I had asked too. It was sort of like, I, I think they say his name like once. So Yeah, they say his name one time. I think it's Oct. I might be mis- re- misremembering it. Eh, just um, growl it and it'll sound like pretty much. We stooge. There we go. Uh, so he, um, so he basically is kind of like Boimler. He is mm-hmm. doing the same sort of things that Boimler would do is that he wants to be a leader. He's sort of the laughing stock of everyone else, but he always thinks like he's trying to get ahead and get noticed by the commander. Basically, where like Boimler kind of was way back in season one of the show. And so all these this little bits that they have here is very funny. Like them making fun of the Vulcans, I think is great. Yeah, it's like it goes, I'm the logical choice to to be the, the first officer. Logical. Are you are you joining the a Vulcan crew now? And it's like they uh they made fun of the 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 live long and prosper line with um avoid death and cower <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, he does exactly. a really good imitation of a of a romulan, a romulan <laughs> or a romulan uh, a vulcan well, kind of, yeah, yeah. yeah kind of. <laughs> um but yeah so so yeah th- that's really great i love yeah. this we i also love the animation on these plans too like the red outfits mm-hmm. are like really really i'm like looking at it right now and they just look really really beautiful um so they did a great job there and this is also that vulcan joke is where we take the opportunity to cut over to the vulcan ship but we'll stay over on the klingon ship for now yeah um but we'll talk we'll talk about how sexy you find the vulcan ship i swear okay (laughs) have to have my ship porn (laughs) exactly so next up we have the we have oct go up to the bridge and there's basically a falling out between the captain and his first officer uh and the captain basically kills his first officer uh, leaving a uh, sort of opening as the Boimler, as Oct was sort of uh, hoping for to to be able to move up. Um, and so then from there, we cut down to the like mess hall, Klingon, like yeah. food room that we've seen a bunch of times on Klingon Ooh, ships. It's like, kind of like of the, the, the spaceship version of the bar, I imagine, in the book that came mm-hmm. out recently. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The the rogue elements yeah. from, uh, yeah, yeah, I could totally see that. Yeah, it's it's that the a, a, Picard. Klingon uh, big dining hall kind of or uh, beer hall almost or whatever. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, so this is a good scene. I, what I love here is that we they have the Boimler type of character <laughs> trying to um, impress the captain so he can get a promotion um, at that point. And he basically has to fight a tar that's there, yeah. like the Klingon pet, and ends up like 
underneath it and embarrassing himself in front of the Klingons. Kind of similar. It reminded me, again, this is sort of going to that coding and shorthand aspect of it. It kind of reminded me of Boimler dealing with like the weird creature from the first episode of the series. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of was had a similar oh, yeah. vibe to that. Yeah. Um, so I think that that was like intentionally like kind of an allusion to that. If not, a mm-hmm. direct, I don't, it's not a direct reference, but it definitely alluding to a similar vibe there. Um, and the captain, uh, so basically he embarrasses himself in front of the captain, but then later on, he, uh, is sort of dragged along with the captain, uh, to sort of like help him out with something. And because of, um, so what, what did he, what did he say that impressed the cap, press the captain? Oh, he mentioned, um, uh, a battle that nobody had heard of. Like it, it's, it's one of my favorite, uh, tales of honor or something like that. Yeah. And so the captain says, like, you may be weak and scrawny, but you know you're you're playing on history. You may be so weak and promote. small and scrawny and small. He says like small twice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but but trust him enough to help have him help out. And it turns out he's meeting with the Packleds because yeah. he is the one, this uh, Klingon captain all is the one back together. Mm-hmm. He is the one that has been supplying and pushing the Packleds to fight the Federation so that the Klingon, or at least he, can sort of gain territory for the Klingons and look good in the Klingons' eyes. Um, but Oct realizes at that moment, it's like, but Klingons don't get other people to fight their battles for them. That's a bad thing. Yeah. Uh, but my favorite line comes out of this scene is like the Packleds are saying, saying, well, we tried out the bomb you gave us and <laughs> used it. But then after that, it didn't work. It's like, that's because it's a bomb. It only works one time. My fa- <laughs> when they beam over, it's like, uh, I think what I, I just really love is like, welcome to the Packled spaceship Packled. I am Revna. <laughs> uh, yes, Revna. We've met several times. <laughs> <laughs> yes it's so good um so anyways the uh the pack led ship um the pack led ship uh, uh, is being supplied by them it's they're they're wonderful yeah. they're being supplied but Ock sort of like no we don't we shouldn't do this like we don't have other people fight our battles for us that's not the klingon Does way feel Klingons honorable, fight their own battles basically. exactly um and so at this moment the some some of the other stories converge and we'll sort of finish up the klingon story here but um Basically, the Cerritos shows up and starts battling the uh, pack-led ship uh, because of the slow warp sort of thing that was going on here. And this is what causes the whole stuff with Boimler and the ship getting attacked and everything. Yep. So it's happening concurrently with that. But uh, basically, Oct realizes that this is not honorable, and he decides to fight the captain in order to stop the, the stop the fighting because this is not the right way to go. They shouldn't be uh, letting this go on and, and kill the Cerritos. Um, and so he beats the captain and decides to just warp away, leave the situation. Which then causes, by the way, um, Mariner, or not Mariner, Captain Freeman to kind of deduce later on after the battle's been won uh, that like, oh, there's something up with the the Klingons here. They might have something to do with the, the packleds and supplying yeah. them. So Starfleet Command's going to have a lot to uh, consider. Yeah. So she's she's sort of deduces from that situation, which, by the way, I should say, since we're not going to be coming back to that storyline, um, there's also another little wonderful scene when the ship gets attacked of Mariner and Captain Freeman playing basically Star Trek Clue. Clue, Yes. Yes, and here's I a little, it. little Easter egg kind of a thing or a callback. Actually, the you know clue cards have like a magnifying glass on it. The magnifying mm-hmm. glass that's on the cards is the same magnifying glass in episode two that Tendi was using to to like examine uh, Rutherford's eyes oh, when she yeah, was doing yeah, the yeah. test on him. Like you know, two people are at sea. What's the name of the ship? It's like Salty Dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's wonderful. Oh, I so didn't. I love so that's, the like, that's a deep cut. 
There was also another little connection too. Of uh, at one point in the episode, Rutherford's holding a model of Deep Space Nine, like they were working on like, yeah. episode five. Yeah, so that was a nice little callback there too. And also uh, in that game, the whole idea that it's like you always pick the chef. It's like the, yeah, because we have replicators. A chef is shady. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Kind of probably alluding to Chef on Star Trek Enterprise uh, as mm-hmm. well. But it's just, it's a funny it's a it's a funny line. Also in my my review of the episode for my YouTube channel, I even put up a picture of Neelix at that moment. I was like, what does he know? <laughs> because he was the chef on nice, Voyager. Yeah. Uh, which is good. Neelix was kind of shady, especially at the start of Voyager. Uh, yeah. He was kind of like a, the traitor dude. Like, he um, got written a little bit better towards the end. Yeah, he still wasn't <laughs> great. He was probably my least favorite main character in all of Star Trek, to be fair. Um, but sorry, Neelix. I love Ethan Phillips. He's great. Um, but anyways, regardless, so yes. that, that was a wonderful little thing. And But that, that scene ends sort of with a nice little conclusion for Mariner and... Um, Happened Freeman's arc in that episode where Mary's like, I enjoyed today, even though they were arguing the yeah. entire time. It was that very, was very cool. sweet and kind of resolved their mm-hmm. stuff. And I like that it happened. It happened with one and a half scenes devoted to them. Mm-hmm. I thought it was yeah, they begrudgingly cool. like hanging out with each other, even though like at mm-hmm. the time they do those, the mother daughter, you know, butting heads sort of thing. But they they are very I, I like that the relationship improved. Exactly. Um, and one little so, thing that we did learn from the pack led is that the ship is named a clump ship. Which yes. Like. We also we also do get it. We also do get a lower decks look at the uh, Packlet ship, where yeah. just like four Packlet just hanging around during the battles, just going red alarm, red, red alarm. alarm. That was the uh, yeah the, the computer, uh, yeah. and then just like I am hungry. It's like you should eat. You are smart. <laughs> it's like yes. that's all it was. <laughs> yes, uh, and then we also have Captain Freeman's. Also, I should say the has a Rito shirt, just like Disco yes. has a Disco shirt mm-hmm. from USS Discovery, uh, which I want that shirt really badly. If I it's really not the shirt the... from the shirt club. There's something wrong. Yeah, they 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 messed up if yep. they didn't. Um, so yeah, so I'm hoping that that's the case. Um, but moving on to that, we haven't even talked. So all that we've been going for 45 minutes here. <laughs> we have not even talked about the Vulcan ship, which is even no. greater. Yeah, right. Yeah, and so way back at the beginning, we had the <laughs> cut over to the Vulcan ship. Yeah, <laughs> doing the rewind again, uh, and we get this wonderful little scene of basically four Vulcans. I love the opening bit when we cut to the Vulcan ship, where they're just like, "Are you available for chess later?" No, I will not be available for chess later. I will be available for chess later. Good. It is just yeah. like very, just like matter of fact, dry. There's a Vulcan in there uh, that reminds me a lot of Michael Burnham. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I could definitely see that. Um, but we meet Talen, mm-hmm. who has these things like intuition and slight uh, uh, feel, gut, like a gut feeling, which everyone calls her out on uh, and says, oh, these emotional outbursts <laughs> are, are proving too much. Um, oh, I love To that. the point... Yeah, it's it's so great. It's like it's so subtle for a Vulcan. Mm-hmm. She just like makes like I just have a gut feeling or it's whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's uh and apparently it's just being called out is like super emotional for a Vulcan. Um and we get the same thing where uh she gets called into the captain's uh, office who is basically calling her out on mm-hmm. that. And again, so just the the dialogue with the Vulcans is so wonderfully spot on cuz it's again so subtle and yet so funny at the same time. I love her um, Kim Cattrall hair too, by the way. That's... Yes, in, exactly. Um, I it's like I said, it's been a hot minute since I watched this episode. You watched it more recently, but I just I, I remember just absolutely loving the dialogue yeah. in um in in this uh, whole in all of the scenes with the Vulcan stuff. Um, and then we also get another scene after that where she is uh, meditating. Um, <laughs> and everyone, well, she's supposed to be meditating. She is told to meditate by the captain, but she's using it to work on this sort of like change to the the algorithm to try and improve uh, the 
these sensors by just a little bit um because it's something that she really really feels that she wants to do and everyone's else like why are you doing that you don't need to do that it's not efficient it's yeah not, that if you thing. continue this you'll have it was punitive uh spiritualism i don't know what that is like what does that I mean, mean? Like you yeah. get punished into spiritualism, or I don't know. <laughs> oh God, don't make me read my uh, my uh, my um, my astrology chart. No, yeah. no. <laughs> uh, oh God, it's the horror. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but th- this is also we get like little moments where she says like I could be your chadich sort of. Like, oh, yeah. Klingons have a phrase called chadich, or yeah. and so again, we are like, not Klingons. <laughs> yes, coding her is like coding is an Amer- as a mm-hmm. mariner type. Um, but at the end of the episode, once everything gets said and done, uh, it turns out that her sensor improvements are the very thing that allows her to detect the battle going on over with the Cerritos that the Cerritos encounters the Packlet ships. And so the Vulcans are able to come in and save the Cerritos from the, um, from the Packlets. And the, her special project that she was working on actually increases the shield stre- uh, strength by like 100 and. 20% or something like that, they said? Mm-hmm. That yeah. had it's, it not worked, they it, they would have been out of luck, basically. Basically been fried. Yeah. So yeah, so she actually saves the day. Um, and that's great. And I love how, like, again, all these storylines sort of came together mm-hmm. at the end here. The Sarita storyline, the um, the Klingon storyline, even the Packlid storyline, and the um, the Vulcan storyline all came together for this big, huge battle at the end, which was very, very cool. You um, have the I reprise love- of, like, the Titan theme from... Uh, the last mm-hmm. second to last episode actually of, of uh, last no, year. No, Titan, Titan was the f- Oh, Titan sorry, the finale. finale. Yeah, yeah, right. Never mind, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Titan was the finale. Last 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 episode now was uh, Crisis Point. Um, but anyways, regardless, it's still really cool to hear that oh, movie yeah. again. It was really nice. Um, but yeah, so that uh, yeah, and so basically she gets called back into the captain's office again and she's a little bit smug for a Vulcan. Uh, mm-hmm. Basically, like, because she was right. She was the one that improved it. And the captain's like, well, I believe that these, uh, you being right will just engender further uh, of these these outbursts, as he calls them. Uh, and so he transfers just become her more full to of yourself, a... basically. <laughs> mm-hmm. So he transfers her to a Starfleet ship, which presumably will, maybe we're wrong, but presumably will be the Cerritos, because maybe she'll come on to the crew next uh, episode and or season. But we um, know that Mike likes to subvert expectations so who knows mm-hmm. what's gonna happen <laughs> maybe she'll be on the titan and be with a uh, boimler over oh, that, that boimler that would, that would be... be interesting hmm. yeah we'll see we'll see where she pops up again okay. uh but she but it does seem like they're going to to be pop like seeding her to pop up again at some point my only question that i had with that was though is like she's not starfleet no presumably well and I so guess. it seems weird that she can just be well, she, none of them are like it's a Vulcan ship. Yeah, and they don't have a Starfleet badge because they are Vulcan run Starfleet vessels, but that's not this, obviously. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so it's just it's it seems weird that she's able to be trans is like a civilian able to be transferred <laughs> yeah. into Starfleet. Seems it seems a bit weird to me. That was that was my We're banishing like, you all into the other, Starfleet basically. Yeah, that was my only thing. Whereas like everything else, I'm like I'm fine with. That was the mm-hmm. one like weird logistical thing. I was like that seems weird to me that they can just be like yeah, and now you're in Starfleet. <laughs> Although it does seem kind of Vulcanish in a way too, because they tend to not care I, what, you, what people think <laughs> or their feelings so much. That that is true. I mean, I I could I could buy it, but it, there's also an element to me that like the person who like balks at the militarization side of yeah. starfleet is like forcing someone to join the military against their will is like a bit the like starfleet is not a one-to-one military no, the only thing i can take, think of is, is this is like the vulcan science academy and there is some sort of you know basically, yeah basically thing. where it's like there's a one-to-one uh thing where yeah. they could a starfleet 
a person could come on this ship too as well or something like that. They might have an agreement. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure I'm sure there's probably ways to make it work in canon. I'm not like hating. <laughs> oh, no. It's like, like, oh, this ruined I, everything. I thought the same thing, it's, though. It's just sort of like, that's a little it's sort of like, yeah, but, you know, Jesse, I'm going to I'm going to sign you to work at another company. You know, you're gonna like, what? Oh, you know, like, that's not okay. you're not allowed to do that. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just it's just weird. But yeah, it's, like, can it's you imagine being fired yeah. from a company and sent to someplace else. That would I mean, I can weird. see like transferring within a company. But yeah, yeah. Like, so it's like you're now we're, you're you work at CBS. Now we're going to transfer you against your will to go work at like uh, uh, Warner Brothers. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, exactly. it's be weird uh but like the the only reason i was upset like not upset like miffed by it is just like the the like bit about like like for me if i was ever forced to join the military in a draft or something yeah. like i'd have major major issues with that so that, again it's that, more that side of it, telling so. a woman what to do at the same time yeah there's that as well so yeah so it's interesting i i i this storyline was easily the the vulcan storyline here was easily my favorite yeah. i thought it was the most well written i thought it was the most interesting mm-hmm. i thought it was like very clever in the way they wrote the vulcans yeah. uh was spot on and yet funny at the same time yeah. uh like it didn't make a joke like it didn't make a joke of vulcan culture or how they talk to each other yeah like the lines were just humorous which is a hard balance to do like star trek has often failed at some of that sometimes they yeah. make vulcans or different cultures the joke in order to laugh at them instead of like within them well what's cool is they actually set up one of those dumb jokes in the klingon ship so we got mm-hmm. the you know like the you know die now and decay immediately or you know, <laughs> you exactly know. um yeah and that's that's making fun of like the whole culture this is just something humorous in watching them actually act out their regular routine and there's no you know mm-hmm. no like we're not ramping it up we're not making it you know absurdly logical or something like that it's all yeah all makes it sense. feels very it feels like i if this if this whole storyline had occurred within an episode of any of the other shows i would have bought it 100 mm-hmm. so I, I just like that and i could totally see so. someone it's like you know your outbursts are just like i can see that in enterprise yeah. so totally oh i could easily <laughs> i mean they they, they basically and, did him mu- they yeah. basically did as much as to paul so i've all yeah. said that to much as much to paul several times so yeah 100 percent. yeah 100 percent um so yeah the I, ship too it's very very <laughs> clean and yeah. like just meditative and like i would uh, i would Totally take that as a uh, a workspace or something. Exactly. So yeah. So at the end of the day, uh, I I loved this episode. I thought it was really wonderful. Uh, oh, and we, uh, the one final joke. We get one last joke over the credits. I even forgot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, they there's one last co- joke over the credits where it cuts the credits and we get the lower decks of a Borg ship and it's just for Borg regenerating, uh, <laughs> with different colored eyes as well, like kind of corresponding to the lower decks uh, yep. colors as well. Uh, so it was just like them regenerating. It was very very funny. Um, I I loved that. Uh, so yeah. Uh, end of the day, final thoughts on this. I mean, basically, what I echoed at the top. We spoke for double the length of the episode, and I think that that is <laughs> that, that speaks to yeah how dense this is. We could have gone into more detail about. in all of these sections too. Oh yeah, we were just kind of describing stuff and like touching upon a few jokes here and there. There's yeah. a bunch of stuff and in the background and everything. So there's yeah. just this episode oh. was again for my money is great. Speaking of in the background, really quickly. I noticed mm-hmm. that in the bar, somebody is playing the Katarian game that, that the cone and ball. The, 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 go, the orgasm game? Yeah, that hypnotizes everybody. Um, so mm-hmm. that, I'm curious as to see if that goes somewhere, if we end up, that mm-hmm. becomes a, a thing in the finale or in another episode, or it's just a one-off joke. I don't know. It could be that. Either way, we'll see. It'll Because I thought they were going, when he's in the beginning, she says we're going into the 
Kentaran system, but it's Katarian game. So I'm like, oh, maybe they just mispronounced it, but no, I don't think so. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I'm excited to see what they what they do with it. Yeah. Um, because uh, if they, if there's like they just have like little like background evolving jokes. Like that's one thing I like with Lower Decks. Like there are jokes that often are either seated in the background that eventually come to the fore. Like we had the ensign from last season who was like in episodes two, three, four, and then eventually became a main character in episode five. Mm-hmm. Um, or like the sort of joke with the guy who's like always like very theatrical and like did like talent night and everything. Oh, right. So uh, there's, Bing- there's, Bingston, there's little winger Bingston, Jun- Bingston junior. Yeah. So there's like constantly like behind the like lower, um, like just background elements that sometimes we come forward. So yeah. I'm curious if that'll evolve in any way. Yeah. So yeah, uh, final thoughts on this episode. I thought it was great. I mean, I, we've already talked enough about it. We should wrap out. Um, but <laughs> yeah. I think this was a really great episode. One of the strongest uh, in Lower Decks, if not my personal favorite in Lower Decks. Uh, and I don't necessarily think it reaches like the emotional high of Crisis Point, which yeah. is probably my other one from last season that I really, really loved. Um, but for me, I think that this one was more complicated and much more dense than that one um and i really just uh absolutely loved it so i just like that the universe doesn't feel like there's seven people in it <laughs> this mm-hmm, really kind mm-hmm. of makes it like all these different stories are you know connecting and and yeah it's just a larger universe and inside of that universe we still got to learn about our main characters and just more stuff than you it's it's just constantly surprises me how much they can put into such a short period of time mm-hmm it's and it's, it's, it's funny and it's adventurous and it, it's, it's like i don't understand how it's like it's a trans-dimensional <laughs> like episode or something like that yeah they I, I i don't know how they were able to fit it all in and i really loved it and i think it's a fantastic i think it's a fantastic piece of work um uh, you know i i I'll, I'll be open i i messaged uh mike mcmahon after mm-hmm. this episode came out I, i've never i've literally we've interacted on twitter but i've never messaged him before and i just had to be like <laughs> i love this episode this is fantastic i just want you to know uh that i i loved it and he was he was seemed very very thankful for that um i'm not trying to hoot my to my own horn i just was no, like I, that into the episode that i was just like i, I was to told how much so you loved it too by him so that was <laughs> pretty hilarious so yeah yeah, I just I thought it was very cool. I was very well. Very Jesse happy likes it. <laughs> <laughs> I hated it. <laughs> no, this one. No, he's like, he said, we wanted to do something fun, and my response was like, yeah, because you know the rest of the season was just such a drudgery. <laughs> just like <laughs> finally something <laughs> interesting so, happened. <laughs> yeah, it was so dark, so dark and depressing. Yeah. Oh, finally you're doing something good. <laughs> Getting we're having some fun on this show. Damn, <laughs> about time. <laughs> I enjoyed it though. I thought yeah, it was, no, it was great. And I know you did. I know you did too. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So yeah, that's, that's my thoughts. I think that's everything that I have. So yeah. um, do you wish to tell us uh, your stuff? Yeah. Um, uh, if you want to find that, no, uh, if you... <laughs> that's just going to be a standard transition. Oh, yeah. yeah. At this point. Yeah. Um, so that's no, our uh, computer noise. Exactly. Oh, that'd be funny. Uh, mm-hmm. If you want to uh, find me on social media, you can go to Geek Filter on Twitter and Instagram and YouTube. Uh, I did, like I said, that that one uh, unboxing of the Star Trek uh, dry dock. If you want to go check that out, which is kind of fun. Uh, mm-hmm. There'll be some other stuff coming up in a couple months that I can talk about. Um, I'm excited. I know <laughs> what they are. They're cool. And I th- right now, I think that's about it. I'm hoping to... Actually, there is some fan art that I want to do with this episode. So if I get any breathable moment, I will try and do that. I'm also helping my friend uh, Bonnie Gordon, who is the voice of the USS Protostar. 
And uh-huh. right now, if you've noticed, there's no pictures of that ship that doesn't have like a giant lens flare around it or something like that. So I'm going to try and actually just, uh, you know, sketch up a ship that she can take to conventions to sign, basically. Oh, that's sweet. That's very sweet. So that's that's going to be fun. Uh, but yeah, so that's where you can find me. Cool. Um, for me, you can find me at all those typical places too. You can find me at Jesse Gender on YouTube. That's my main channel where I do my main reviews and uh, video essay stuff. And that's where that horny horny essay will be going up. As, in fact, once we're done here, I'm going to go back to working on that. Um, and then uh, well, I'll be, I also have another podcast called What the Frell, um, where I talk about Farscape each and every week with my other co-host, Council of Geeks, there. I also have another channel called Jesse Gender After Dark, where I do news, reviews, and reactions, that sort of stuff. I also have a Patreon page that helps supporting support support me at to help me pay my bills um and i also have social medias like on twitter and instagram and all that stuff uh when they aren't falling down and turned off and and not working (laughs) that was such a Uh, quiet nice day (laughs) yeah right uh but yeah so yeah so uh so yeah that's uh that's all my stuff Cool. And if you out there in the in the uh, viewing, viewing, the, the listening audience uh, would like to get some pins, uh, we are sponsored. By, yes, we are sponsored. I was going to say, I've listened to so many podcasts lately where I've been working. I was like, we're sponsored by Squarespace. No, we're not sponsored by Squarespace. <laughs> we are sponsored by fan sets. Uh, if you can use the discount code DRAWN, all one word, all caps, and check out, and you can get 10% off your order. And there's a bunch of new stuff. But last time we were we were talking you actually ordered something online uh that came out october 1st there was the um was it uh somebody from enterprise correct oh yes 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 i did i ordered an archer yes so and that that a bunch of stuff came out october 1st so there's some new pins uh i don't have a list of anything new at the moment but uh there's the badge program so over time there'll be pretty much any kind of badge that they've ever had in star trek you'll be able to get in either get them yeah, mm-hmm. so it's very cool. Uh, so yeah, so that's that's our sponsor, not Squarespace. <laughs> don't use Squarespace. We hate them. Here. No, 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 we don't no, speak no. their name. <laughs> if they want to sponsor us, great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Until they sponsor us, don't use Squarespace. Once right. they sponsor us, please, please use Squarespace. <laughs> but but regardless, that's everything yes. that we had for all of you. You are all lovely people. Thank you for listening. And we have one more episode of Lower Decks left. Oh, uh, sadly, the finale. Yeah. They say. Well, one more until next season. Then we right. then we well, have then we have Prodigy uh, and then Prodigy we have and Discovery, Discovery starting in the middle of Prodigy, which is like yes, and then presumably. <laughs> Picard right after that, and then presumably Strange New Worlds right after that, and then Lower Decks again, and then oh my god, you start the whole cycle. We'll <laughs> be eighty degrees again. soon. Or 80 degrees. <laughs> yeah, we'll be eighty years old soon. And eighty degrees, you don't know. Eighty degrees. Um, yeah. Um, but that's it. Thank you so much for watching. And I hope you all live long and prosper. Live long and prosper. Live long and prosper, sir. She has lost all control.